Come on, Jesus said, I'm willing. Jesus said, I am willing. He was unclean, and Jesus said, I am willing. He said, if you will cleanse me, I am willing. We can come to him, and he is willing. Somebody ought to give the Lord a happy clap of praise. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, so today, I'm just, I am stirred up today, so if you'll just give me 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes, I don't know, maybe noon. Somebody say, Jesus said. Says I began to begin to meditate in this. I found this video and I thought I want to be able to show this. I want a lot of times we forget about what Jesus said. We hear about Pastor Eric. Pastor Eric said this. Pastor Eric said that. I remember years ago <laughs> we would do some marriage stuff and, and some counseling and stuff like that. And they would always say, Well, Pastor Eric said this, and it was like, I don't care what Pastor Eric said. I, you know, it doesn't matter. Or we say, Google said this, Google said that, and Siri said this, and you know, and and I heard on the news and they said this, and and they were saying this, and then this TV show said this, and these news reporters said this. But what about if we look at Jesus and say, Jesus said this. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew. I was going to talk a little bit about, and I may get there, I was going to talk a little bit about this, this parable, this story that was in the Word of God. This is from the movie Chosen. Is there anybody that has seen the movie Chosen? How many of you? Okay, just hold them up. One, two, three. Okay, good. Because I want to use some more video clips, and I really believe that, um, that there needs to be a time where we're going to begin to start really highlighting that series because that begins to really help you understand the Word of God. So that was a scene from in the Word of God, and we're going to get there. But I want to talk a little bit. I want to remind you today what Jesus said. But pastor, I don't feel this way. But what did Jesus say? But I, I've got a, going through a bad time and the relationship is broken. What did Jesus say? Well, I was feeling unclean and not worthy. And what did Jesus say? So I want us to begin to look at this because I want to start right here. I want to start in, uh, in Matthew. Man, I could, man, I, I, I was starting in eight, chapter 8, but I got back to 4. So let's look at Matthew chapter 4. Because I want us to just listen today and hear about what Jesus said. And this is just the, the beginning of what he said. I didn't Google or I didn't find in my, um, in my, uh, my study materials of how many times the Bible says Jesus said. Jesus said. Jesus says. Jesus said this, or he said this, or it, it didn't mention whether it was Jesus, but we know it was Jesus talking. But just kind of follow along with me. I'm in the new American Standard updated version, so I'm going to stick with that as we go through this. I asked them to put this picture to remind us of Jesus. Does anybody know where that picture came from? Shelley does. Heaven is for real. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. Akiana. So if you want to Google that, it's, it's from Akiana. Akiana went, she visited heaven. And she drew this picture of Jesus. And that, that, was, that, that picture was actually, uh, the movie Heaven is for Real is actually a book. We read the book first and then the movie came out. And in that movie or in the book, the boy that had died and had went to heaven saw Jesus, and the dad was actually trying to show them pictures. You know how many of us 
been in church a long time and you've got that picture that we all see of Jesus and you know what I mean? So the dad is like, is this Jesus? He's like, no. Is this one? No. Is this one? No. And then when he got to this one, the son saw that picture on the dad's laptop and said, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. So I like, I like to be able to use this. So when I think about this as we're talking today, what did he say? What did he say about a situation? What did he say in the Word of God? So in Matthew chapter 4, we start out where what? Jesus was baptized in chapter 3, and then in chapter 4, he was beginning to be tempted. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness, and then he was there for 40 days. He was fasting for 40 days. And then how many of you know when there's a difficult time in your life, the enemy shows up? Hello? If you were gone without food for 40 days, guess who's going to show up? The enemy's going to show up. And listen to what he said here. Verse 4, it says, but, oh man, I don't, and I'm going to start at chapter, verse, verse four, chapter, chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus was led up to the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became angry. And the tempter came, excuse me, hungry, sorry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered, and he said, say, Jesus said. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse 7, the Bible says, and Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it's written, and you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. We go on, and in verse 9, verse 10, Jesus said the third time to him, Jesus said, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus said, say it with me, Jesus said. When the enemy came, when things were difficult, the enemy showed up, and Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Because what the enemy was wanting him to do was to take those stones and change them into bread. How many of you believe that Jesus probably could have done that? But he would have been taking something that was unnatural and made it to something natural. If it was wheat, he would have made bread out of it. Hello? But it wasn't. It was a stone. God's never going to take something unnatural and try to make it natural, no matter what the world wants to do. So Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then we see the enemy comes at him again. And he says, and Jesus again says, as it, as it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So he was just saying, the enemy's coming, and Jesus said, Jesus said once, Jesus said twice, and also Jesus said the third time on, on the temptation. He said, go, Satan. Jesus told Satan to go. Do you think you've got to tell him to go sometimes? <laughs> yeah. And, and whether that's Satan or our belief system or our mindset or our value system or our morals, you know what I mean? However that begins to begin to manifest in our life, we've got to say go because for it is written you shall not shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Follow along with me. Verse 17. Everybody there? Chapter 4, verse 17. 
From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Keep going with me. We're going to go, I'm just going to go to the right. Keep going in, in verse 19. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Who do you think he was talking about at that time? He was talking about the disciples because he got his first disciples and he said to them, I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, James and the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he what? Called them. How many of you would say he said something to them? Jesus said. He said something to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Let's skip down here to verse chapter 5, verse 2, verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and he sat down, and his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth, and he began to teach them, saying this. Now we've got the Beatitudes, the, the, the teaching that Jesus has. He's sitting on the, on, on, on the Mount Olive, and, and he's beginning to begin to start teaching right now. And Jesus said this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, I'm adding Jesus said, but I don't know, I've got a Bible that has it in red letters. And then some Bibles have whatever Jesus says in red letters, and, and I like that. So, so mine says it's red letters, so who's speaking? Jesus. Jesus is saying this. He's sitting on the Mount Olive, and he's talking to the multitude that are there. And he goes on, and he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus said, Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus said, blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the what? The sons of God. Jesus said, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Jesus said, come on, say it with me. Jesus said, Jesus was beginning to, to, to give out blessings. He was saying, you're going to be blessed if you do this. You're going to be blessed if you do this. Those are going to be blessed if they're persecuted for my sake. I mean, I don't know is about you, but there's probably not too many of us that are really persecuted because of Christ. Some other nations that, that, are, that are the anti-spirit is, well, the anti-spirit's everywhere, but, but, but some of the other nations that, that, that will persecute you if you're a Christian, put you in jail, they'll, they'll hold you, they'll, 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 they'll push you down. Come on, there's laws against you being a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Those are other nations that he was talking about. Jesus said, rejoice 
and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. And in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. How many of you know Jesus said that there's going to be a blessing? Jesus said that you may have to overcome some things. Let me go on. Can I go on? Look at, look at chapter or verse 18. He says, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter of the stroke shall pass from the law until it is all accomplished. He's saying, truly, I say to you. Verse 20. Well, let me just keep going. Now, verse 19. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, verse 20, For I say to you, Jesus is talking to them. He says that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. How can the righteousness that we have surpass that of the Pharisees? Because that of the Pharisees, their righteousness was based on the law. Now our righteousness is based on Jesus. Amen. He is our righteousness. Jesus said. Say that after me. Jesus said. Jesus said. Look at verse 22. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Verse 23, therefore, if you are present, presenting your offering at the altar, and you remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your offering there before the altar. Go first and reconcile to your brother. Then come and present your offering. Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. Verse 26, Jesus is still talking. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last cent. Verse 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. Let's go to verse 32. Jesus said, I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. He's talking about the certificate of marriage. Look at verse 34. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven or for the throne, for it is the throne of God. Verse 39. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also somebody say ouch it was like jesus is talking about the law before that and then he's saying well here's what i say and they say well here's what this law says but here's what i say and he goes on he said whoever forces you to go one mile you go two Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow. Verse 43, you have heard it said it was, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
I could park right there and we could begin to talk about the people that talk bad about us, whether it's on Facebook or social ministry, uh, social uh, platforms, or if it's just personal stuff, or whether people talk about you behind their back or whatever it might be. He's saying you begin to love those people. <laughs> Are you serious? We've got to love somebody? They were just talking bad about me, but yet he wants us to love them because that's what Jesus said. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I'm going to jump down here to chapter 6 because there is a place where I'm going to get to. He says, goes on, and he talks about giving to the poor and for prayer. He said, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by men. Otherwise, you have no reward for your Father who's in heaven. And he begins to talk all about the rewards of, uh, of, of the motives that we begin to have. And he goes on in, in chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. We know that he talks about the Lord's Prayer, our Father. And he's telling the disciples to pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come on, join me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive those who are trespasses and those who trespass against us. But lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil, from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. He says, if you forgive others their transgression, your heavenly Father will also forgive you of yours. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. He goes on and he talks about wealth and he talks about the true mammon. And he goes on and he says, whenever you fast, don't put on the gloomy face. And hypocrites do and they neglect their appearance so that they will not be, that they'll be noticed by men and that, that, that they're fasting. Truly, I say to you that they will have their reward in full. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. How many of you know, when, when I was fasting for, for, uh, for three days for the, the Hope Center, I didn't walk around and, and go, man, I'm hungry. I didn't shave for three days. No, I did shave. Every day I took a shower. My wife would be going, get in there, take a shower. I'd take a shower. I, I, I shaved. Other people didn't know that I was fasting, right? It was really nobody else's business. That's what he's really talking about. You, you, you don't want to do that because that's what they would do, that they were, oh, being so religious, so holy that we're fasting, we're doing these things. You know what I mean? And some people were like, look at me, look at me. I'm doing this and I'm doing it for a religious person, for purposes and not just a relationship with God. So Jesus was dealing with this. Remember, what I've read to you is not what I said. It's what Jesus says. He goes in verse 19. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth. Listen to this. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves cannot break in and steal. Anybody ever had something stolen from them? Anybody ever had money stolen from them? Right, yeah, there's five or six of us. But he says, where your treasure is, there is your heart will be also. I'm going to slide down here to verse 29 because it's what Jesus said. He says, he goes on, well, let's jump up. Man, I just, I don't know where to stop. I just got to start up here and just go through the whole thing. Verse 25. For this reason I say to you, don't be worried about your life. Jesus said, don't be worried about your life. Jesus said, 
Don't be worried about your life. How many of you are worried about your life? <laughs> some, of, some of us are going, I don't even want to raise my hand because I worry about my life every day. But Jesus said, say that, Jesus said, don't be worrying about your life. Well, does that not mean that I'm not concerned? He didn't say, don't be concerned about your life. He said, don't worry. Don't worry. When you worry, you don't come up with a solution. There is no solution to it. And it begins to control your brain, control your thinking. Your body begins to relate to what your mind is thinking. And your body has memory also. And it begins to now worry about things. And that's why sometimes we can be physically sick because mentally, we've worried about something. Has anybody ever heard you say, don't worry because you worry yourself sick? It's a natural thing that can actually happen with our physical bodies because we can be worried so much that now all of a sudden that worry can affect us physically. Jesus says, don't worry. Be happy. Oh, no, that wasn't Jesus. I'm sorry. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Jesus said, don't worry. This is what I want to go through. When I just want us to look at this. He says, don't worry about your life as to what you eat, what you will drink. That doesn't mean that you're not thinking about, well, am I going to go? Is somebody cooking today? Is anybody cooking today? We can come over to their house. Well, who's cooking today? You know, am, am I going to go to the to, to the restaurant? Am I going to, you know, go to the pantry and... Am I going to somebody else's house? Doesn't mean you don't think about that. But he said, you're worried about that. Where are you going to eat? Where are you going to drink? He says, or worry about what your body and what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Who says this? Oh, no, no. Who says this? Pastor Eric, you know what he said? He said, don't worry, about your, don't worry about your life. No, no, it wasn't just Pastor Eric. He was only reading what Jesus said. He said, don't worry about life. Don't worry about your life. Doesn't mean you can't be concerned. Doesn't mean you can't pray for situations that are there. Come on, somebody. Doesn't mean that there isn't a heart and compassion because that's there. But when you continually dwell on it and it continually controls you and you can't go out of the house because you're worried about something else, are you with me, that, that he's saying don't worry about those things. And I love it because here's what he's beginning to lay down for us. He says, look at the birds of the air. That they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? I guess I can talk to you about this because I had three 24-hour periods where I didn't go with any food. I did have to have some toast while I was taking my OG pills. Those are old guy pills. You get to a certain age and they want you to have them things. I don't like them, I don't want them, and I don't really want to take them. That's a whole other story. But he says, look at the birds of the air. How many of you have ever really seen a skinny bird? <laughs> 
You don't see skinny birds. I mean, most birds are pretty plump. Most birds, you know, they, 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 they're, they're doing okay. He goes on and he goes that they don't, they, they don't reap, nor do they gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much worth much more than they? I guess the question is, is how valuable do you think you are? You are valuable. I think birds are pretty valuable. You're valuable, and you're much more valuable than the bird. So if the bird's going to, he's going to find food today, then guess what? God's going to take care of us. Oh, come on. That's a word for somebody here today that's been worrying about their life, that God's got this. Even through the praise and worship from the original song that we were singing, that God's got this, and he's going he's to make a way where there seems to be no way. Can I go on? Can I go on? He says, he says, verse 27, And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to your life? And why are you so worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, and they do not toil, nor they do not spin, or, nor, nor spin. But yet I say to you that not even Solomon and all of his glory... I'm telling you, when you go back and you look at Solomon, who was one of the richest men on the earth at that time, was the richest man on the earth at that time, he had some fine-looking suits. <laughs> he, he was, they were, they were, they were tailor-made. They, <laughs> they had gold inlay. I mean, you know, he, he, and he says, look at how, how wonderful Solomon was in the glory of his clothing, but he didn't clothe himself like one of these. But verse 30 says, if God clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and thrown into the fernery fires tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. And Jesus reiterates this because Jesus said, do not worry then. Saying what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly Father knows what you need on all these things. But he goes on and he says, but what? Seek first the kingdom, his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. Jesus said to do what first? One person's got it. Jesus said to do what first? So do I seek the kingdom of God first before I look at my bank account? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, to just do whatever and never have to look at the bank account? Yeah, that's it's not real life for all of us, are we? We look at that and we go, okay, well, I don't know if I can do that. But he says, seek that first when what? When you don't have peace. When you don't have peace, he says, seek first what? The kingdom of God. That word first in the Greek is a Greek word named, meaning proton. It means first in rank, first in authority, first in position. Hello? Seek ye first, what? His kingdom and his righteousness. 
I'm only righteous because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. My righteousness supersedes that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the prophets of old. Why? Because their righteousness was based on the law and my righteousness is based on Jesus Christ. So I begin to start seeking not the righteousness under the law, but I start seeking the righteousness that's through Jesus Christ. And I am righteous not by because of what I've done, but what he has done for me. Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus is talking about his very own righteousness that he's saying, look, you're righteous not because of what you do. You're righteous because of what he's done. Oh, come on. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I think Jesus would say, you're welcome. Jesus said, you're welcome. <laughs> Verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's enough worries for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Verse 7. He goes on. This is going to be hard. He goes on. He says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. Jesus said, don't be judged. Do not judge because you won't be judged. I'm going to look at verse 12. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. We had some discussion with our kids years ago. It was like, do unto others as you would have them do unto me. And they would like, you know, if they hit me, I hit them back. So why'd you hit them back? Well, that's what they did to me. No, 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 no. The scriptures, that's backwards. They're like, no, no, we're going to, they did that to me, so I'm doing it to them. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you got that backwards. It's you wouldn't want to hit them, so don't hit them. You don't want them to hit you, so don't hit them. And they were like, no, no, that doesn't work that way. So they were trying to in, invert the scripture and say, well, they did it to me, so I'm doing it to them. No, that's under the Old Testament. That's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus said, Jesus said in everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. We had a conversation there yesterday, and this was brought up. Treating people the same way we want to be treated. Jesus said to treat others how you want to be treated. Jesus said to treat others the way you want to be treated. Jesus said <laughs> to treat others the way you want to be treated. I didn't say that. He said that. He said, if you'll treat, treat them the way you want to be treated. Well, they didn't treat me right, so I ain't treating them right again anymore. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said to treat them that way. And he goes on, and here's where I want to get to. Narrow and wide is the gate. I'm good. He, he, here, Jesus said this. He said, in everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Here's where I want to get to. Enter through the narrow gate. Who said that? Who said that? Come on, everybody. Who said that? Come on, there's more people here than this. Who said that? Okay. Enter through the what? The narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. Jesus said to enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way, meaning the road, is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. 
So if there's a big old wide gate and everybody's going through it and there's one over there to the right and there's just a few going through it, <laughs> you may want to take the one to the right. He goes on to this, say this, Jesus does. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to... Oh, Jesus said there's a wide road and it leads to destruction. And then there's a narrow road, a smaller road, a smaller gate, a smaller way, a tighter way that leads to... And some of you have heard the scripture, but... I believe the Holy Spirit's highlighting some things because what we do is we like to go where everybody else is going. We like to go the way that everybody else is going too instead of going this way because I might not see the path this way until I get on the path and then I can begin to see where it leads. I didn't say this. Jesus did. So he's got two things. The narrow gate and the wide gate. Verse 15. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing and inwardly they are ravaging wool, ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? Verse 17. Jesus said... So every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. Jesus said a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Jesus said every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Jesus said, so then you will know them by their fruits. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we not prophesy in your name? And in your name did we not cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And Jesus said, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, those of you who practice lawlessness. There is the wide road and the narrow road. Hey, Steve, can we come play? There is the wide road and the narrow road. Now there is what? Good fruit or, are you all seeing this? Wide, narrow Good, bad. Let me go on. This is what Jesus is saying. Now he's talking about a foundation. He's talking about a foundation. Verse 24. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine. Who said it? Y'all, come on. Who said it? Okay. That's what I want us to understand. Who said it? To whom was it said? Under what circumstances was it said? What did it mean to them then? And what's it mean to us right now? The very thing that we bring forward is that he's laying down a couple of things about the narrow road and the wide road and about the good fruit and the bad fruit. Now he's coming in with the two foundations. And he says, if you hear my words, Jesus is saying, if you hear me, not just you hear me, but you hear me. 
It's got to be a revelation. It's got to come from your head to your heart and create movement. It's got to be, a, it's got to be something. Then he says, stay off of that road that we stay off of that road. Are you with me? And he says, good, good fruit comes from the, from the, from the good tree. Then I want, I want good fruit coming. I want to see good fruit coming. He says, I'm going to know you by the fruits. He goes on, he says, Therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and acts on them, may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Tatum had no idea in that song, the new song that you guys today talked about, the, 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 the rock. And, and, I, and I looked at that and I was like, you've been looking at my shoulder. You've been, you've been, you've been, you've been in the spirit, been overlooking my shoulder when I've been reading the scripture. He says, the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall. The rains came and the winds blew and the house didn't fall. The rains came and the winds blew and the house didn't fall. And people that you know got in arguments and they don't, they don't live together anymore. And they're divorced and things are falling apart. But it, the house is not going to fall. Why? Because things are difficult and there's still issues that go on in people's lives. And we may not see eye to eye on this. And things maybe get difficult. And I may be out of work. I'm broke, busted, or disgusted. But I'm here to tell you. The rains may fall. The winds may blow. But if you're on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and you're standing on him, it's going to be all right. Woo! I don't know about you, but I'm just going to go ahead and preach myself happy. He talks about the two foundations for it had been founded on the rock. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, they'll be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and it slammed against the house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. I'm here to tell you, there are some people today that have been waiting on God to do something and they felt like he's left them, forsaken them, whatever reason that is done, their house has slipped into the ocean or to the river and it's floating downstream. And God says you'll be able to be on the solid foundation. The firm foundation. He says, you're a wise man. You're a wise man. So he's got not only, not only two trees, but not, not only two ways or two paths, but there's two foundations that he's talking about. I guess I could have called this the two by two by two. Isn't that like a meal at IHOP? Verse 28, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And he was teaching them as one as having authority and not as the scribes. Do you remember the video that we watched just a moment ago where Jesus cleansed the leper? That's the next chapter. And you just saw it. What Jesus said should resonate within us. And maybe we've forgotten what Jesus said. Maybe when he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, maybe we've forgotten that. Maybe we've just let everybody else tell us what could be said. And yet here's the word, the truth, and it means he, he, he said these things and he, and, he, and he meant those things and he taught those things and he wanted people to have blessings in their lives. So he spoke those things forth and he began to teach those things and it was what Jesus said. Well, I don't know about the church. They're just legalistic people. No, it's because we do what Jesus said. All I know about you guys is that you're, you're, you're Jesus' followers. You may get knocked down. You may get on the wrong path, but you'll get back on the right one. 
You, you may have some bad fruit, and then all of a sudden, what? You realize it, and, and you pull up that root, and you begin to start planting some good fruit. Amen? And that good fruit comes up. Maybe if you, some of you are on one foundation, and you got off that one foundation, and you got on the solid foundation. And sometimes I've built some things on sand, but underneath the sand, there was a rock. And a lot of times we can't see it to start with, and then we, we begin to start building on it and say, no, that's not it. Let me just do it this way because Jesus said to build it on a rock. Build it on a solid foundation. There are times when we've talked about things over 24 years and thought, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it through next week. I don't know if we're going to survive through next month. I don't know if next year is going to be the year, but it's going to be a breakthrough year. And now all of a sudden, year after year after year, we're making it. We're getting by. Come on, somebody. You, you, you thought maybe you were out. You thought maybe you were down. You thought maybe you might have had the final blow. But I'm here to tell you that God's got a way. He's got a way. And Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, and I, I love beginning to start thinking about what Jesus said. And, and when it went back to the video that we had, and, and, and he said, Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him. He said, I am willing, be cleansed. It was funny because he looked at the disciples and they were like, Jesus, don't touch him. And they had no idea what Jesus was going to do. <laughs> and Jesus looked at him. I love the look. You know what I mean? It's like Peter was like, Lord. And he's like, I don't know, but I would interpret that look as like, Peter, you have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm fixing to heal this guy. Just relax. I believe God's going to heal us. I believe he's going he's he's to pour out his goodness and his mercy on our lives today. Let's stand to our feet today. Because sometimes I want to be reminded of what Jesus said. Sometimes I want to be able to look at it. And you can go in and you can look at Matthew and, 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 and he finishes up in chapter 28. And he, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He said, therefore, you go and make disciples. You go and make disciples. Jesus said that. It's, it's part of the church's responsibility. But do you know it's part of our responsibility? It's part of ours. Whether that disciple is you to start with and then you disciple others. We've seen it today, what Jesus said. I want to encourage you to begin to start getting into scriptures. And every time you see what Jesus said, what Jesus said, what Jesus said, we take it as the truth because Jesus is truth. We take it as hope because Jesus is hope. We take it as faith because Jesus is faith. You may be in a difficult situation in your life right now. It seems like we go from a difficult situation to a difficult situation and we have a season of some good time and then there's another difficult situation and another difficult situation. It's just life. He wants us to be able to have life and have it more abundantly. He wants you to be able to have peace in the middle of your difficult situation. You're here today. You, you come in here today and I want you to be able to hear this, that Jesus said it's going to be all right. Jesus said you... Don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough worries. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. There's some things we're worrying about that we're just doing mental exercises. And it's just wearing you out. Get off the treadmill. Because Jesus said it's going to be all right. Tell the person next to you, Jesus said it's going to be all right. Jesus said it's going to be all right. He said it's going to be all right. 
Jesus said he's good. you're going to make it. Oh, no, 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 you didn't hear me. Jesus said you're going to make it. Pastor Eric, he said I'm going to make it. No, no, Jesus said you're going to make it. You can say Pastor Eric said I'm going to make it, but Jesus said you're going to make it. You're going to survive. You're going to make it. You might have thought three years ago you weren't going to make it, but now you're still standing. Right? Still standing. Let me pray for you. Just put your hand on your heart today. Thank you, God. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, let's just begin to start thanking him. Just begin to start thanking him. Just begin to have an attitude of gratitude. Just begin to say thank you. Thank you for your friends and family. You know what? I, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord daily. But, you know, recently it's just been, Lord, God, I thank you. My truck runs. I thank you that I can get in it and I can start it up. I mean, I've been there and done that when I tried to get in it and had to jump it off and push it downhill and everything else. And I'm very thankful for that. There's some things that we just kind of take for granted for that I think we just need to start having an attitude of gratitude towards it. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you for this, this season that we're in right now. Thank you that we're in the middle of a battle, but you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you that I don't have to worry about tomorrow because you got that. You took care of the birds. You're going to take care of me. Thank you that I'm on the solid rock. Thank you that I'm on the foundation, a firm foundation. Thank you, Lord, that I'm continuing to build, and you're helping me build as we move through it. Thank you, Lord God, that I'm going to speak good things, and there's going to be good fruit that's going to come out of the good tree that we operate in. God, God, I thank you that we're, as not only we're on the firm foundation, but God, thank you that we are operating in the right path. God, where we're on the wrong path, let's, let's get off that path and let's begin to get on the right path. God, thank you so very much, Jesus, for what you're, you're doing in our lives because you said, you said, you said you would be with me. You said we would be blessed. You said you would take care of us. You said, you said that, God. You said that, God. You said that, God. I remind you of your word. I remind you of your word. I remind you of your word because your word says that angels will go forth and they will bring to pass the word of God that is spoken out of our mouth and that we continue to speak what you said and not what our circumstances look like not what we hear off the television or the radio or the the social media but we begin to start speaking with what you say God you said there you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way you said that there is hope in a future you God that there is a promise for us God you said lean not on our own understanding but in all of our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our paths you said that in your word God and we're going to operate in that word today. We believe that and we receive that now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus said you're amazing. <laughs> I heard him say it right now. Jesus said you're awesome. I heard him right now say that to you. We bless you guys. We send you forth in his power and his might. Thank you for being part of this. And remember this week when the enemy comes at you, you come at him with the word of God in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. God bless you.